Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Ryan, can you believe it's 2022? Pam, I cannot. I cannot. This the the year of our podcast, it has flown by. You know that crazy idea we had back in 2020? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and to and to believe that we have done 52 episodes of Beyond the Ribbon is really just mind-blowing. I know. And I think today I'm most excited um, because it has to do with what I do here at the Survivorship Center. So, um, you know, people get tired of uh, hearing you and I talk about how important it is to come in, um, get these documents. So why not go to an expert that knows why, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, you're, you're exactly right. I know listeners get tired of hearing, oh, there's Ryan. He's going on a tangent again, chasing a, a rabbit's uh, trail down the, you know, down this path. And here we go. But I, I tell you, I'm really excited because as we've said on numerous occasions, we go to uh, the source. We go to, and we're not putting, putting any added stress on our guest or any of our guests, but we go to folks that really can speak to what our listeners need to hear about. Uh, and that's no different today. Uh, we went to the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, and that is really um, a top-level governing body, does a ton of work behind the scenes and advocacy for uh, for cancer survivors and survivorship itself. And so we're blessed and lucky to have uh, Veronica Paniotu today uh, from the coalition. Veronica, thank you for joining us, or I should say Dr. Paniotu, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell our listeners what you do at the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, my role at the coalition is the advocacy and program manager. My primary responsibility is our cancer policy and advocacy team uh, management. And anyone who is a cancer survivor who is interested in legislative policy can join the program. And we do years long uh, healthcare policy training with our advocates. We do engagement opportunities um, to carry on the message of why survivorship is important. And then every year we have our symposium and Hill Day where we go to the Hill and speak to our representatives about why survivorship care is super important. Pam, that's incredible work because they are advocating on behalf of all cancer survivors. That's all of our listeners. It's one of our listeners. And I can tell you this, just here I go down a little side trail. In a previous life, I did um, a little bit of, I was one of the advocates of what of what you guys do, not for survivorship, but in a, I worked for a pharmaceutical company and we went to uh, speak with our local representatives on healthcare reform and healthcare access to pharmaceuticals and so forth and so forth. And it is really an interesting thing to go to Washington and meet with your representative, which you have a right to do, right? And so to meet, have an appointment, meet with your representative and visit with them and, and, and really 
it, it, it's it's an enlightening experience. So I can only imagine if anyone is interested in this, they need to reach out to you guys at the coalition to get involved. Absolutely. Uh, moving the needle in policy relies on the stories of our advocates. And so the care um, healthcare policy doesn't change without all of you. And so um, without, without advocates, um, our representatives don't know um, what it's like to be a cancer survivor. And so it's important that they know. Veronica, you mentioned um, survivorship and how important it is. Tell our listeners why it is important. Survivorship, uh, for the coalition, first of all, uh, we use the term survivor for those at the moment of diagnosis. It's very important to us. Um, so those uh, who are diagnosed, be called a survivor, those living uh, with advanced and metastatic cancers are and are considered survivors of cancer, as well as those post-diagnosis. So when I use cancer survivor, I use it from the moment of diagnosis. And as I like to say, um, you survive that first conversation um, That's and, true. and enter into the cancer world um, and, and to start the process of treatment. And so why it's important is because not only does cancer affect, um, the treatment for cancer doesn't just affect cancer, it affects your whole body. Um, and so survivorship, uh, we want survivors to have the best quality of life possible. We want them uh, to live their best lives with that cancer diagnosis. And so from the moment of diagnosis, what can we do to deal with the challenging uh, topic surrounding dealing with a cancer diagnosis? Pam, she is speaking our language. Right you know, there. we didn't come up with that definition of survivor from out of nowhere, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't from the TV show. It wasn't mm -hmm. from anything like that. Absolutely. We truly 100% wholeheartedly stand by that same definition. And that's the way we look at it. And that's why, of course, for our listeners, that's why we say from the moment of your diagnosis, we have resources here at the Survivorship Center that can help you. Um, you know, and, we, and, we, and we'll touch base on, and get into those. But, you know, today's episode is really focused on looking at what Pam does. And so the piece that Pam does, for those of you that don't know, um, aside from helping at classes and coordinating and, and being the face of the Survivorship Center, uh, providing that treatment summary and survivorship care plan um, are extremely valuable. And so that's kind of where we want to go today, in addition to talking about other aspects of survivorship. But let's talk about the importance and what those two documents are and why our survivors should take advantage of that. Can you help us understand that, uh, Dr. Paniotu? Absolutely. So a survivorship care plan essentially is a document, a living document. And at the top of that document, you typically see that your diagnosis and all the treatment that your oncologist has uh, prescribed. And then following that on the document is your expected short and long-term side effects because of the treatment that you have received. And then there should be a piece about the surveillance uh, of reoccurrence or secondary cancers, what you should be looking out for, uh, because 
of your treatment, you might be at a, a higher risk for a certain type of cancer. And so that will be on that document. Then there'll typically be some, some information about services that support your, your psychological and vocational needs. So anything that you might need to help with your mental health or getting back to job, getting back to your job or school. Um, so that could be occupational therapy, speech uh, therapy, um, or physical therapy. And then, of course, at the bottom is a list, potentially, of risk reduction behaviors um, and interventions for you to help lower your risk of um, reoccurrence or other secondary cancers. And that could be things like um, nutritionist resources so that you eat a little better, um, and things like that. So it is a very comprehensive list for you to be able to manage, help manage your care, as well as a document so that you can take the oncology treatment and share it with other physicians. Because as you know, as a cancer survivor, um, your care team is probably vast. You probably see numerous specialists, um, and this document helps you helps you communicate how the impact of your treatment from oncology. Pam, you know, does, whenever, that sound, does that sound familiar, Pam? She's speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always think of, you know, the cancer survivor gets that diagnosis and they get so much information, which is great information, but I know research has said that we can only retain 10% of what we hear. And so to me, that's another reason for them to come in and get this document so that they don't have to remember that. They don't have to remember when they went through treatment. They don't have to remember what drugs they had or what type of radiation they had. Um, so I know that it's very important for our survivors to get this document, but sometimes they're like, well, I already heard it. What would you, why would you encourage them to come in and get the full documents? So I would encourage it minimally because when you interact with any other doctor, you have the information that you can present to them as well as have it fully refreshed. And so there's no stress or anxiety about remembering what treatment you've had. I myself personally am a young adult cancer survivor. I am eight years out and I have had a lot of tests, a lot of results. It is so hard trying to manage and trying to explain everything that has gone on. And it's super important, one test, or one uh, particular medicine could have a great impact on what my future looks like. And so making, it's so hard for that little, it's sometimes it falls through the cracks. And knowing that one detail could put, put you on a different uh, monitoring. Um, I know that uh, for myself personally, I should be, um, visiting a cardiologist and maintain, making sure that my heart is in the best uh, situation because I know that my cancer treatment has affected my heart. And so it's to relieve the stress of, of trying to communicate in the healthcare system because it's, because it's hard. Sure. Right. 
Yeah. You know, Pam, this makes me, I was making some notes here and this makes me think back to several of our uh, previous podcasts that we did as we talked about through 2021. And I'll just add a few things just based on some of our podcast episodes that really show the importance of the uh, treatment summary is what about for genetics, you know, for your family? Um, Well, mom had cancer, but I don't know what kind it was, or I think it might've been some kind of blood, you know, that, that, that rules that out. You got it right there in front of you. If, If you ever move towns and you have to find a new doctor or your doctor retires, you have a comprehensive scaled down version of your medical records. And then just as, as you said, uh, Dr. Penio too, is reminder of follow-ups. Um, I have a hard time remembering when I'm supposed to, you know, go to a regular annual checkup or those types of things and, or who I was supposed to go see. And, and I don't have chemo brain and I've not had those kinds of treatments. So um, those are just a few other things I was just going to throw out there as vitally important to get that care plan. You know, also whenever they get that diagnosis and they go through treatment and they, the doctor says, come back in three months, how long do you have to do that? You know, there are guidelines for every type of cancer out there. And so um, whenever I meet with patients, I go over the national guidelines um, with them. So you're going to, this is what you should expect to see. You know, you might need a bone density or you're going to see your oncologist every three months. You need to go follow up with a cardiologist so that they are not totally um, blindsided when they go to the doctor and, oh, by the way, you need to do this test, this test, and this test. So I think it's helpful information and with no surprises. Yeah. Another example I kind of hit me and I've had to do too, as a young adult, I've switched jobs multiple times. I've switched insurance multiple times. And so, you know, the access that I had to one set of physicians changes when insurance in network is another set of physicians. And I think that there is a a greater um, need to be able to move our medical records. And so this document, um, you know, no fault of our own that we just have to keep adapting in the healthcare system um, that we have very limited control over. And so um, some, I can think of a colleague when going through a diagnosis that literally had a binder of all of her test results because not only did she move between physicians, she moved between healthcare systems. And so sometimes the best um, doctor for your care don't all neatly fit into the same healthcare system. And so being able to share those results um, is super important um, to get the best quality care uh, for yourself. That's very true. Very true. Pam, let's let's talk about this real quick, if we can, for maybe a listener who's going, I don't even understand what this treatment summary is. Um, let's kind of walk them through that of how you gain access to their medical records and then what what it is you do, because you're not you're not you're not creating new things for them. Correct. No, I'm not. I'm not pulling it up from space, I'm getting it from the medical records. So in order for me to provide these 
the treatment summary and the care plan, um, I have to have a release of information. That's a simple document allow giving me permission into your medical records. So um, if you're listening and you want to, you're thinking, man, I really want this document we're talking about. All you have to do is give us a call. We'll send you a release of information. You'll fill out the you know, uh, demographics, where you got treatment, sign it. And then once I get the records, we can schedule a, an appointment. Um, and then I get the records and um, go through. Sometimes it's a maybe a little bit of a record or the three inch binder of a record and condense it into the treatment summary is usually about two pages um, and it summarizes everything again that you've gone through and then the follow-up care and then the care plan is um, you know uh, what should the treatment the side effects of treatment and then the importance of um, staying up with your um, appointments and then what maybe you should expect and ways that we can live healthier and um, keep up with our general screenings. So it's pretty simple. Um, you know, sometimes it's just as an oncology nurse, uh, they, the patients like to confide or, you know, maybe I have questions. Is this really um, something that I should expect? It's, Another voice, another, you know, and if it's something that is concerned of me, I always refer back to your physician and your nurses. So you're not alone. Um, you know, I think it's an important document and I would love to see every single one of you survivors out there and come and see me. One thing, Dr. Penioto, you talked about, you said it's a living document. Um, so say I receive this document and then I have, unfortunately, I have a recurrence. Uh, it's always adaptable, right? It's always adaptable. Um, the, the medical file can always grow uh, and it can always change too based on the circumstances um, that you are living. Uh, absolutely. And it's a document. Uh, it is a document that will continue to be updated so that you have the most up-to-date information about your diagnosis because like me eight years ago, things have definitely changed. The recommendations change. Um, so even if you have not changed, there might be something that needs to be added that will support your quality of life uh, because healthcare continues to change. And so we wanna make sure that those that, that document uh, supports you to the best uh, of its ability. And now the um, National Coalition of for cancer survivorship, they are the ones that came out and said, this is the document that all cancer survivors should have, right? That's correct. So uh, our founding members, actually, uh, it'll be our 35th anniversary of the organization. Um, some of our founding members were part of a report that was published in 2005 by the Institute of Medicine. And in this report, the can, if you're interested, can look up uh, there are 10 recommendations uh, to support cancer survivorship in the report. And the report is from cancer patient to cancer survivor lost in translation. A lot of our founding members were included in writing that report. And the, the cancer survivorship plan is actually recommendation number two. And they, so right at the top, 
um, super important. Uh, they conveyed in that report the patients completing primary treatment should be provided with a comprehensive care summary and follow-up plan that is clearly uh, explained to the patient. Uh, this plan should be written uh, by uh, the oncology care team. And of course, they made the point that it should be reimbursed by healthcare. And that is still something uh, that we are working on as a coalition at the federal policy level. We wanna make sure that everyone in the United States has access. Um, Pam, you doing this work, just, just uh, my heart is just growing uh, that you have the ability to provide this survivorship care plan and you value how important it is. Uh, unfortunately, across the United States that not all cancer patients have access to it. And so I would reinforce uh, for, your, for your patients that you have access to it. Please see Pam, please utilize this service um, because I want all of, all of you to live your best lives and this, this document um, can support you in that. And the other, the number other two recommendation. Number two, that's right. <laughs> I mean, and the number and, and the best thing about that is it's free. You know, I know you talk about being reimbursed by health, you know, health insurance plans and and things like that. And that is incredibly important um, for locations that don't have a 24 hours in the canyon cancer survivorship center and don't have a PAM where it is done entirely complimentary. I mean, it is without question, 100% free. We don't worry about the reimbursement. Um, I know that's important, but I want to make sure our listeners know that um, it's free. It's entirely free. Do you mind uh, going through some of the, uh, a little bit more of the list of, of what was, was um, released? If you got that, you know, number one was completing um, their, their treatment. And then two is uh, getting the survivorship care plan. Yes, getting the survivorship care plan. One second. I, I actually to, don't have those. Oh, well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just, I've read, I've read that it's been, a, it's been a while since, since I've looked over that, but just to let our listeners know, this document that, that you're referring to, the study that was done really set forth the guidance for places working with survivors, whether that's at cancer centers, treatment centers, um, or survivorship centers. It's really focusing on, you know, the nutrition aspect, the mental health aspect, which again is why we do what we do, right, Pam? That's right. It's not something that you and I had a brainstorm and said, hey, let's make all of the survivors have another appointment to come and get this document, right? That's right. Because Lord knows you guys <laughs> listening have had your more than your fair share of appointments. Oh, yes. And you know, it. It's, um, we are very flexible. And so if that's, uh, you know, time and uh, traveling in, we can work with your schedule. So um, please just give us a call. Yeah. Uh, you know, Veronica, if you don't mind, could you share some of the other aspects maybe that the coalition works for or focuses on or really is, is an advocate for and pushing for for cancer survivors? Absolutely. So, on our website, 
we have patient resources. We have what we call survivorship checklists and they are customizable for your, your current status in the system. So if you're currently in treatment, uh, post-treatment, and actually we're developed living with cancer. So those with advanced and metastatic disease um, that will continue to um, be in a treatment regimen uh, for their, for their uh, futures. And so we look at these eight issues in cancer survivorship and we look uh, to, to have policy initiatives on the federal level uh, to help combat uh, some of these survivorship issues. So we always look at discrimination. So discrimination in your workplace or school relating to your diagnosis. Uh, we always advocate for a continual communication between patients and, and clinicians. And how can we improve that? That's so important in survivorship. This yeah. plan helps uh, improve communication with your care team, as well as all of the clinicians outside of your care team. We look at the self-image. Uh, what does what does cancer take away uh, from physically from us, um, as well as uh, mentally about how our bodies have changed? And so we support. That's a very important for survivorship. Also looking at intimacy, relationships, and fertility, um, and how to live our best lives with what cancer has has left behind for us. Um, there's also uh, psychological factors. So uh, cancer survivors having gone through treatment might uh, have a little bit of post-traumatic stress about living life post-cancer or with advanced and metastatic cancers. Um, there's also huge uh, survivor's guilt and anxiety around the next scan or the next appointment. And survivors, we join this community and we um, lose some of our friends that we have, we have, we have made. Um, and that is so uh, taxing on, on the body. And so we, we, we think about that as well. We also think, we also think about the social apathy of people who don't understand cancer and how that affects people in their everyday lives and, and being in a world that um, some people don't feel they're quite a part of. And so we look at things like um, uh, medical leaves and, and things that could be policy at the federal level to support people um, so that they can go with the ebbs and flow of what a cancer diagnosis and treatment are. There's long-term side effects. There's physical, there's emotional, like we've talked about, but there's also financial. The financial toxicity of cancer treatment um, is something that we continue to look at um, and how we can support survivors uh, to get the best care uh, at, at, without uh, destroying them financially. Um, and then we also, the eighth uh, point is to think about pollutants and other things that people don't have control over, um, but that affect our health and so what can we think about and what can we support um, in that context of corporations, our energy um, and how they affect our health as a, as a community? Brian, do you have a checklist going? <laughs> I do, Pam, I do. And 
I hope, I hope our listeners are uh, picked up on what you and I are about to discuss here that we picked up. Right. I know. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Peniotu, we, we committed to doing this podcast weekly. Um, and we, it, as we've mentioned all the way through 2021 and, um, now into 2022, um, in going through your list, uh, those topics and, and lists that, that you just came out with every single one of those with exception of three were done as a podcast in 2021. We talked about, uh, workplace, uh, returning to work. We talked about body image. We talked to how to talk to your doctor. Uh, of course, the word communication comes up in about every single podcast. And so favorite words. it is, it's one of the favorite words. Um, we talked about preservation of fertility. Uh, we talked with, um, we talked about, we are going to do an intimacy and sexual side effects uh, in 2022 um, with Dr. Katz. We are going to do that. We've talked about uh, one of the very first ones we did was on PTSD, right, Pam? And the psychological issues for cancer survivors. Um, we will be doing one in 2022 on survivor's guilt. Um, we're very ex excited to share some information with folks on how to deal with that. Um, that is a very difficult one. Um, we just in 2021 did one on financial toxicity and uh, we've, we've brought up about social apathy and, and, and communicating and, and what to say and what not to say and finding, you know, your, your, your group. The only one we haven't done and haven't found one on is pollutants. And so maybe Pam, for that, our homework. that may be our homework. We leave our listeners with homework every week. Um, so maybe that's our homework, but it's so comforting to hear these are the things that you guys at the coalition level are working on in advocating on behalf of our listeners. Absolutely. And, and we can't do it alone. We rely on advocates across the 50 states uh, to advocate on their local level, as well as the state level, uh, to complement the work that we do on the federal level. Uh, so it's super important. Every state has a um, cancer plan. You can Google in your state, usually run by your uh, health department, has a copy of that plan or uh, your department of health for your state. There's opportunities to advocate for what your state advocates uh, and allocates money for cancer survivorship care. Um, and so if you're interested, the, the biggest impact that you can make uh, is being a part in all three levels. Um, it is super, it's very important uh, to be aware of what's going on in your community. It's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can be done at the state level and then helping us at the federal level as well. Um, but advocacy, the first step is is advocating for yourself with your clinician. And that's the first, you know, advocacy uh, process that you master. You have to, you have to advocate for yourself. Um, and then you potentially start, uh, you're a part of the cancer community and you start helping those who've become diagnosed after you and you advocate and you help 
direct them and inform them about services and support that, that you've experienced or you think is beneficial. And then you can you go out into your community and you talk to people that have no relationship to cancer and you let them know what, what your experiences are. And that uh, helps direct uh, support and services uh, for the cancer community at the local level and it continues to go up. I know all of our survivors, or a lot of them, um, after they have gone through the treatment, they want to give back. They want to make a difference. And so this is a great way for them to get involved and, and let their voice be heard, right? One thing, I would, one thing I would even add to that, you guys, is um, advocate for us. Advocate at their physician office, at their treatment center about the cancer survivorship program. Um, I think it's important to add that in there as well. And that kind of goes along with what you said about others in the cancer community, about the resources that they've, they've seen and utilized and, and taken advantage of. Um, but just simply telling your physician, you know, what you've got service-wise or how we helped you, or maybe you attend a yoga class or you attend water exercise or, Gosh, the massages at that place are amazing. Not to mention how wonderful their nurse is, you know, at the survivorship center. (laughs) (laughs) But advocating on behalf of the survivorship center then reaffirms the point of sending patients over here and making sure from the physician level, they're saying, you've got to go get your treatment summary and care plan. How did they get involved with the National Coalition for Survivor or Cancer Survivorship Center? So our website is www.canceradvocacy.org. Super simple. Uh, We have a get involved tab uh, and all the programs are listed. We have our our CPAT, which is our cancer policy and advocacy team. It's just a simple questionnaire and you receive updates uh, every month uh, from me about engagement opportunities and training. Uh, about how to uh, expand your reach as an advocate. And then you're also automatically signed up for our health policy B, so that our, our director of policy uh, puts that together and gives you a nice biweekly snapshot of current policy at the federal level and interesting podcasts and things like this one that you can listen to. Um, as well. So there's there's definitely um, those resources. And then um, you can find my contact information there. Feel free to reach out. Uh, it's on our website. So feel free to, to reach out to me and I can support you in your advocacy. Um, and it is very helpful to me uh, to, hear, to hear survivor stories and it helps fuel the work that we do. We couldn't do the work um, and and advocate for these things without, um, without survivors, uh, your audience. And so I, I also want to just emphasize that please utilize these services, right? Advocate, let everyone know how important they are to you. Um, because we want to replicate and support healthcare systems that would like to replicate this model. Um, and so it is, it is essential not only to keep the services that you have currently, um, but it helps other, other survivors get access uh, across the country 
um, as well, because we can see that and hear that they are, they are valued um, and that they support uh, overall survivorship health. Um, and, and two, I, Susie Lay, who is one of our founding members, uh, she was an, a, a nurse um, in, and also had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and she was one of the founding members in 1986. And she says it so eloquently, uh, survivorship is the success story of oncology. Now we have long-term survivors whom we have to care for. And so not only are we, we need to shift the focus from caring uh, to get you past that cancer diagnosis or to live your best quality of life with the diagnosis, um, we need to move and continue to care. And we need to figure out how to do that um, and incorporate um, as many uh, medical uh, uh, concentrations as possible to be able to take care of our patients. Absolutely. Ryan, every time we do another episode, um, it just reassures me that we're doing the right thing for our cancer survivors. And um, I, my only wish is that more people would utilize our services um, to benefit so that they can live their very best life. That's right. That's right. You know, we set a, a lofty goal, Pam. If you remember when we first opened our doors, kind of our internal lofty goal was to take a cancer survivor and mentally, physically, emotionally return them back to their precancerous uh, state, if you will. And that's incredibly lofty. And, and uh, we, we love the work we do here. And, 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 and just as you said, Dr. Panio, to of, of listening to those stories and learning from those stories, um, I'm always reminded, we talk about this often, it, everybody has a story and it's their story. And there may be a common thread, there may be, a, there is a common theme, right? We know mm -hmm. that, but no story is like someone else's. It's yours and um, you really do need to share that and tell it. So, um, you know, thank you, Dr. Paniotu, for what you guys do at the, at the national level, uh, both in advocacy, um, you know, for um, cancer survivors through policy, but also advocating for programs like ours and, you know, validating programs like ours. And so uh, we thank you for that and, and certainly for, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It, it is so nice uh, to have a conversation um, to uh, talk about why survivorship is so important uh, for, for our cancer survivors. Yeah. We wouldn't end this episode with any other uh, segment, but the Pete's Powerful Moment. Do you have a Pete's Powerful Moment that you can um, share with us? Absolutely. So as I was saying, I was um, diagnosed uh, in 2013 with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at 25 I was diagnosed in the emergency room because I didn't have insurance at the time. And so I had waited until the last possible second uh, to get there. And the moment that I received that diagnosis, um, I knew that it was gonna change my life. And I looked at the physician and I said, I wasn't interested actually in the care plan in that moment. 
I was interested if they were going to treat me at all. And I, and I asked, you know, I don't have insurance. Will you, will you take care of me? Um, and for me, that was it, what it came down to was not that sometimes the system that we currently have, unfortunately, sometimes doesn't focus on the care, but it focuses on the financial piece as well. And she, I was lucky to be in a space where she said, sure, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to get you better. Um, and I turned to my mom who was in the room and I also knew that the journey was going to be hard as it is. And I told her um, that I was sorry, <laughs> even though that's so unreasonable, I was sorry for putting her in this position too. And so for me, the powerful moment is that there are wonderful healthcare professionals out there um, like this clinic that want to take care of us and value us and, and we are worthy. And so of, we are worthy of the care. Um, and that to me is being here today and, and working for the coalition and giving back. Um, I couldn't be more grateful. Mm. Wow, it is powerful. That is very powerful. Thank you for sharing a piece of your story um, with us and with our listeners. You know, we, we tell all of our listeners to share their story and, and uh, it's so, every one of those are powerful. So uh, thank you for that. We, you know, our homework, Pam, for our listeners, if you have any, have, have, you know, wanted to give back, want to get involved, want to take your, you know, volunteerism and your advocacy to the next level, get in touch with the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship. It's canceradvocacy.org. Um, you can find uh, Dr. Veronica Peniotu there, reach out to her, sign up, get, get, get involved with them. Um, and at minimum, like we said, you know, once you've advocated for yourself, which we know um, is the best way to, to do that, I mean, to take care of yourself is to be your own advocate and then advocate for others in the cancer community, which is like us, and share these resources, which includes this podcast, right, Pam? That's right. So do all the, the likes, the shares, the buttons, um, and make sure um, you share it with your those that are going through cancer or who have gone through cancer. That's right. That's right. And then join us next week, right? For another, right. Great, another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.